the Medusa Edged Weapon System. What is it? Let's find out. Self-defense, self-awareness, self-development. This is the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Hello and welcome to the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. The Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore is a production of themartialist.net and philelmore.com. I am your host, the aforementioned Phil Elmore. Let's see how many times I can say my name in the opening. I'm recording this introduction as a way of introducing the interview that we're about to show you, which was pre-recorded with the uh, people who are bringing you the Medusa Edge Weapon System, a system of knife combatives that has become increasingly popular online in just the last year and seems to be accelerating in pace. Without further ado, here is that interview. Now, we had to do this over an online meeting program, so the audio quality is a little less professional than you're used to, but it's still very audible, and I hope you'll enjoy it. Right, so, good. gentlemen, uh, we have Mike Raymond and Jason Schultz, who are both associated with the Medusa system. Um, why don't you tell me exactly, uh, whichever of you wants to field the question, what is Medusa specifically? Because that's the first question that's going to be on everybody's mind. What are we talking about here? Um, Medusa is a system that my son and I created because we were just getting absolutely tired of all the complicated knife systems out there. They were just getting more and more incredibly complicated. And we looked at everything. We looked at all different types of, of knife systems. We collected angle patterns. We did those for a long time. And every single time I would try to try to do those to Seth, he would come in and he would stab at me. And so we said, well, we asked the question, who's, who's the best with knives? Well, you usually hear that the Filipinos are. I found no proof of that. There's no evidence of that. So who, who uses the knife every day? Well, that led us to the American prison system. So I interviewed inmates, hundreds of them, most of, some on YouTube, some through letters, some that were still in prison. Um, we were sent all kinds of um, videos um, from prisons of, of actual real knife attacks. And now, we now who was sending you these videos of knife attacks from prison? I actually, uh, there was a bunch of uh, corrections officers that I had friended and, and knew of a couple that were on, on Instagram. They were, they were uh, corrections officers. They actually sent me videos. They're actually uh, most of them are on YouTube or um, there's a there's a website I, I don't have with me, but the, about corrections where they would um, go over um, a knife attack for uh, corrections officers, and we we looked at those and we there was a common denominator in every one. Every one he they they would throw a strike first, they would grab on, and then they would just start stabbing, and. You know, we, we so we started to put it together, and we were we were developing it, redeveloping it, redeveloping it. And um, I said, "Boy, I'd, I'd like to you know get some other people in in on this." And and Seth mentioned he's, he said, "What about Jason?" So I actually I actually thought he met Jason Carroll from Greenville Academy of Martial Arts, and he said, "No, the the guy in New Jersey." So I reached out to Jason, showed him what we were doing, immediately grasped the system. And off we went. So I know that <clears throat> Medusa has become somewhat prominent among the cool kids on Instagram lately, specifically because of the book that Jason wrote. May I ask how it is that you are the progenitor of the system, Mike, but it was Jason who wrote the book. How did that come together? Jason actually came to me and asked if he could write the book. And 
I've always liked Jason's work. I've known him for a long time. Uh, we actually met on Facebook. Um, we'd always, uh, you know, I'd ask him certain questions. I always liked the way he asked about doing the book, and we said, yeah, absolutely. So he he asked us what he what how to set it up. He set it up perfectly. I, I couldn't be happier with with. Uh, um, you know, Jason, what, what was your process for writing the book? Like, how, how did you make that happen? So after going over the system with Mike a few times and reviewing the videos he had sent me, I constructed a basic outline, just like a syllabus you would, if you were teaching a uh, crash course over a weekend. I wrote out exactly what I would want to cover in the order I would want to cover it. And really the information just flew, uh, flowed out from there. Awesome. Um, is the book currently available? Because there are going to be two questions in everybody's mind right off the bat. One is, can they get the book? They can get the book. Uh, and and how would they go about doing uh, They would just have to contact myself or Mike on Instagram. Uh, I can be contacted at Ben K. Sohi, uh, B-E-N-K-E-I underscore S-O-H-E-I. And, uh, yeah, just shoot me a message. We'll set something up, and I can get it out to you. We are going to be publishing a printed copy again once the third edition is done being rewritten. So the, the version right now, let's call it the second edition, uh, it's only available as an ebook right now. Correct. Uh, now, the second question that's going to be on the minds of certain skeptical viewers and listeners is, who are you, Mike and Jason, to have written a book on a knife system? Like, what their their question is going to be: What qualifies you to have done this? How would you answer that question? Uh, for me, I've been a lifelong martial artist ever since I was a young kid. Um, started out in karate, everything from that to Wing Chun to combatives. Um, I actually I, I know Scott from uh, Libre. That's usually where my that's when I was really starting to get serious about edge weapons. Um, like Scott a lot, like Libre a lot. Um, studied that, studied Piper with Nigel and uh, Thomas Holtman. Um, really liked that, but it was getting overly complicated. There were techniques in there that you couldn't pull off. You just can't do their their fine motor techniques. They look great. And I'm not p trying to pick on Scott or Libre, but when he does a demonstration, it's a show. People have to realize that that's a show. There's nothing combative there, right? That's that's not how a real encounter would go down, all right? If you look at, you know, the the Brisbane Australia footage, all right, or the 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 footage in Las Vegas, that's Medusa. That's what it looks like. It it's absolutely real. Okay, all the now, other stuff. Would you great. refer to <clears throat> when you refer to Brisbane Australia or Las Vegas? What are you referring to? Uh, there was there was a, a mall stabbing in in uh, in Brisbane. Um, oh, I know the I, one you're talking about. It's the yeah. for anyone who hasn't seen it. There was footage from a from a shopping mall. It was a couple of guys yelling at each other, posturing. One of them keeps trying to take swipes at the other guy. Other guy has a knife, puts it in the guy who keeps trying to pursue him and punch him. And then that guy has a moment to think about his life choices before there's blood all over the floor and he just lies down dead. And and then the Las Vegas Las Vegas wasn't there a, like a mass stabbing on the strip or something? Is that what no, you're talking no, about? No, that was actually in, in, inside of a shop, and it had been robbed before, and 
uh, oh, the gentleman yeah, the, the, jumped yes. up the counter. And he, it, he pulled yeah. a knife that he had, and he, he just said. That was, that was like something out of the raid, because he, was, he literally was holding the guy and dragging him out from behind the counter with the knife. And the guy was like, I'm dead, I'm dead. <laughs> right, that's the one. Awful stuff. Yep. So it's your assertion that the reality of a knife encounter looks a lot more like what you're showing people to do than what a lot of other instructors are showing people to do. Right. That's it's it's if your training doesn't look like what's on the news, you're fooling yourself. You're fooling yourself. Okay. All those techniques. I'm not picking on again. I'm not picking on any system. Okay. But you get like like um, the eye puck and the throw puck. You're not going to be able to do that in a real fight. When somebody's trying to get at you or kill you, you're not going to be able to do that. You're not going to think to put that in. It's not going to happen. Now, uh, Jason, when you when you wrote the book, like, and I know this well myself, writing a book is the act of putting certain information out into the world, and then you have no control over where that information goes. I remember the first time I saw one of my articles quoted on uh, a really, really bad website. One that, you know, one of those places where they frequently lose their registrar because they're that bad. And and they were like, hey, check out this article on whatever it was, pocket stick techniques or something. <clears throat> what is your feeling about, like, you've put this information out there. Are you at all concerned about the provenance of that information? Like, would somebody bad making use of these, what you are uh, extolling the virtues of is very effective techniques for neutralizing a human being with a knife. So I asked myself that question as I was writing the book and what I, the conclusion I came to was the bad guys are going to do what the bad guys do. It's up to people like us to give the good guys the information that they need to be successful in protecting their lives. You know, now I've read the book. I, and I, I believe I'm correct, and I have a memory like a steel colander. There isn't anything really in there about the legal ramifications of using a knife for self-defense. Um, right. Do you address this at all in your training or your training with Mike or when you're, like, do you have any plans to include this type of information in future versions of the book? Um, when I do personal training, I bring up Dr. Barks, you know, defense of life against rape, burglary, arson, um, you know, and, those and are, Dr. Barks is a reference to uh, legal uh, the legal uh, reasons for committing homicide in defense of life. So it's okay, defense, I don't know the name of the reference. Okay, well, it's just it's an acronym. It's defense oh, against oh. rape, burglary, arson. <laughs> my, yeah, my dumb my dumb self is like, who's Dr. Barks? I don't know his story. <laughs> But um, the laws differ from state to state and country to country. And though Medusa is young, we're already in three uh, three countries now. So, so that, that raises an interesting point. How well known has Medusa become already? I mean, the system has existed for what, a couple of years? That's about a year. About a year. And, about a and, year and so yeah. how far has it spread? I have an instructor in Germany. Um, Jason has taught uh, people in the UK. Italy, I think, was another one for Jason. Um, it, it, you know, I get 
um, messages every single day, all the time, people asking about it. So you would say modern social media has been really helpful in, in helping promulgate this system? Definitely. What would you say, <clears throat> do you have any major regret, like in having created the system, like there's certain things you can't go back and do differently. You can't unring certain bells. Is there anything you would do differently if you had to go back in time and start again? Um, no. There's, there's a lot in there that, I mean, we, we sat on it for a long time and worked it. And, you know, when I showed it to Jason, that's when we really, me and Seth really, realized, that's my son, for anybody that doesn't know. Um, that's when we realized we had something there because he got right back to me. I still have the message. He says, you really have something here, you know, and, you know, to get that from especially somebody of his caliber who I really like and admire and really respect a lot, meant a lot. And it just, the more people that when they see it, there was a, um, Jason has manual to um, uh, 52 practitioner, I can't think of his name, Jason, um, 52, he did a review on the book. YouTube, I can't think of anything, but anyway. I, I know who you're referring to. There was a practitioner yeah. of 52 blocks who reviewed the system, and I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Yeah. Uh, Shadow, Ken Goodman, uh, VTK, Concept, VTK Combat Concepts. That's it. Yeah, and he did, he did a fantastic um, review of the book, and he understood what it, what it was right away. It was, it was you know, we never set out to, to, you know, we were going to keep it here. I mean, uh, Medusa was meant to stay here, you know. But so I said, let's, let's bring other people in. And Jason, you know, wrote the book. And, it, you know, we talked to a lot of people. And it's just, you know, he's going to Canada uh, in May to bring it up there. And, you know, it's really spreading. I'd love to hear that conversation at Customs. Purpose of your visit? Stabbing, sir. Lots of stabbing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that brings up an interesting question. Uh, I remember years and years and years ago on the Mark Animal McYoung email list, back when people had email lists, there was a C-Lot practitioner and instructor named Steve Garten, who, as far as I know, is still alive. I think he might even still be having legal issues. I don't know him, and I don't know a lot yeah, about him, but... Garton went to prison, and yeah, I remember the folks on the list talking about the like the phrase, there's no sealot without the knife, and speculating about how Mr. Garton would get along in prison without any weaponry. It, it, Medusa is, by its nature and design, a knife system. If you don't have a knife, are you just out of luck? Like, is there application without a weapon? Yes. Yes. And, yes, and exactly. how would you go about doing that? Uh, there's a concept that we call shock. It's it's a, there's a strike to three different areas: see so the eyes, throat, or the groin, uh, the throat being the whole round of the neck. Okay, I'm not saying you just strike it. You know, you have to cause an injury. You have to you have to really get in there and cause an injury. If you do, there might be no reason to go to the dime. Okay, if if you take his eye and and you you blow the orb and so on, there's no need to to stab at that point. It's over. The altercation's over. He can't fight back. So Medusa gives so, you options. You don't have to go to the blade every time. 
Right, but let, let's say I'm completely unarmed. I can still use the same concept, the same framework? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. So it's shock, latch, and stab. So you're getting to a con you get into a confrontation. You still shock, you still latch, but instead of stabbing, you, you could cycle a hammer fist. Right. You know, just mash them in. So you have the basic methodology. You just need to know that you're never really unarmed. And, and I'm assuming that this, your entire methodology is point-driven, that screwdriver, a pen, a knife, whatever. You, there's no cutting, angling, knife work in this. No, there's no slashes. There's no slashing in Medusa. There's only six stabs. That's it. And meaning by the number of stabs, you're talking about the angle that they happen at? Right. So, like, if you were in, in forward grip, we have a, a, a straight thrust, uh, a upper thrust and a hooking thrust, okay. But the hooking thrust can be this way, it can be this way, it, it can be anywhere on that line, okay. The upward thrust can be, you know, anywhere on that line. They, they, you know, if he puts his arm in the way or he blocks it, you're going to feel it fast and you're going to see it and then you're just going to go right around it. The idea is to keep stabbing, keep going, okay. And, and what would both of you, uh, in turn, have to say to the there's going to be people like, oh, this is so violent. It's just violence. Like, how would you respond to that criticism? I've actually gotten that comment on knife videos before. Why wouldn't you just pepper spray him? This is so violent. How would you respond to that? Well, if you're protecting your family, you know, you better have the wherewithal to go full out. Okay? You're, it's your life, you know? And I've heard that thing about people getting arrested. Yes, you're going to get arrested. It doesn't matter if you use a gun, knife, or a toaster. You're going to get arrested. That's going to happen. Cops get there. They have no idea what happened, what, what, you know, what happened. So you might as well ex accept that fact. Instructors that use that to put fear into their students, it, it just it maddens me to no end. You're going to get arrested no matter what. If you slash somebody up and the cops, oh, you just, you just slash them. It's okay. We'll let you go. That's not going to happen. Okay, it's not going to happen. And Jason, what do you say when people have criticisms like that? I'm, I'm certain you must have gotten some of that at this point. Yeah, and you know, I'm in full agreement with Mike. You know, violence of action is necessary. You know, if you're training an edge weapon, it's going to be violent. If you choose not to train an edge weapon and choose not to learn how to defend yourself, you know, that's your prerogative. But I don't want any part of that. Right. Well, it's interesting that you say it that way because <clears throat> there are those people out there who will say that if you carry a weapon or you train to use a weapon, that means you're insecure in your ability to actually fight. How, how would you respond to those geniuses of self-defense who are so plentiful on the Internet? You know, I've been jumped by groups of people before when I was unarmed. I'm going to guarantee that that never happens again. You know, if yeah, I get so, I have six people jump on me, I'm, you know, going to do what I have to do to survive that altercation. So it's it's almost like you can't guarantee that you'll be bigger and stronger than every single person whom you'll ever confront. Right. <laughs> is, I'm, is that what I'm getting? I, he said with a certain amount of sarcasm. Strong. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm six foot seven. Bigger, faster, stronger. You can't be. What, what is it about Medusa? Having having met Mike in person, I seem like a tiny little person compared to him, and his sons are even bigger. What is in the water where you guys live? <laughs> Medusa. Like I've, 
it's and you know I'm I'm six foot tall. It's rare. Well, I'm actually five eleven, and I've probably shrunk down to something a little bit less than that in my older age. But I like I had lunch with Mike, and we took a picture once, and I had to like jump up on my tiptoes just to be in the frame. And he's showing me pictures of his kids, and they're even taller than he is. So yeah. the fact that you're six seven, I'm not surprised. It's like, although that does raise an interesting question: Do you worry that your sense of what is possible or practical is warped by the fact that you are large capable people like like if somebody was much smaller are they at a disadvantage trying to use this system no absolutely not i've taught people who are who are a lot shorter and it worked they well realistically everyone's a lot shorter than you are <laughs> <laughs> i mean but they they shocked it they stayed within the, the the concepts they shocked their latch and they just they ran the knife and medusa will work in either hand it doesn't matter all right there's no complicated um, combinations. There's nothing for you to memorize. You know, if if you happen to get the knife into your, your offhand, you can still latch and still make it work. It's already instinctive enough for you to do that. Um, coming back to legal issues for one more thing, do you feel like having like having purchased this book and, and learned this system or trained with you, Jason, or with you, Mike, in person? Is that potentially a liability compared to somebody who does, let's say by luck, the exact same thing with a knife? They put a knife in a bad guy, and and they've stopped him from hurting them, and then they go to trial because, of course, they will. Is there additional legal liability attached from having sought out this training? How do you view that? I look at it this way: if if a person used it and they defend themselves and they got to go home that night, that's a win in my book. That's a win. He got to go home. And that's all I care about for any student, anybody that, that studies Medusa, right? And Jason will tell you this same thing. I've told him this before, right? Anybody that needs it, you know, a, a big thing is too is, is the to use Medusa is a very, very, very narrow margin of when you would use it. Okay, this isn't for like a disagreement in a, in a parking lot, disagreement in a bar. That's not what it's for. Okay, and we we tell people that all the time. But if you do reach for your knife, you know, I'm, I'm glad that you have, I hope you never have to use Medusa, but if you do, I'm glad you have it. Um, what would you say are your future plans for the, for the system? I mean, this is, this is all new, and it's rising in prominence in a way that, one of the things I've always loved to track, especially on the podcast, which is relatively young, but over the course of my writing career about the martial arts, is I love to track trends and fads and cyclical popularity of things. So like when the Karambit first hit the market and people talked about it being a fad and then it became a fixture in the in the knife market and they're still around to this day. Um, you know, I can remember back when Spyderco introduced their Karambit and everybody on the staff was hurting themselves with it by spinning it and cutting their own wrists, stuff like that. So I, I'm very curious where you see the system going as we head into the future, considering how young it is. Um, there was there was a, a few things added uh, that Jason uh, put in. And uh, Jason, I'll let you tell, tell about that technique. So we, um, you know, Medusa, it's, it's a live system. We're constantly updating, you know, we're not adding new techniques, but we're seeing what works naturally. So, you know, just messing around with the Bob a few nights ago, I came up with, you know, the bite, which is a spearing elbow into an ax hand or a hammer fist 
to the neck into a latch and then just you know stab it's not exactly you know shock latch stab in the basic you know targeting the eyes targeting the throat targeting the groin but if somebody's in close and you're you don't have the ability to fire off a shot at them you drop that elbow you know it gives you more opportunities it gives you more ability to improve your chances right so how oh go ahead there's, well, there's a little say, bit of um there is you know mike is developing an unarmed portion to medusa further than just the shock latch hammer fist you know that's still in the works that's going to come seth has been working on something you know so medusa is growing but we're not growing by adding useless techniques or repetitive techniques you know everything is organic right. we're not just grasping at straws to create content for content's sake how athletic does someone have to be to be able to make these techniques work because i know the question i get asked a lot and it's a it's a personal sort of soapbox for me that when step one of your self-defense system is become a semi-professional athlete that's not going to work for a lot of people and i while some people are happy to tell you well your grandmother just can't defend herself i guess she can go to hell um i'm of the opinion that self-defense systems should be workable for everybody at least within a certain reasonable envelope so how athletic would someone have to be to be able to make most of this work not at all My yeah, they have to be breathing. that's the only prerequisite they have to be breathing yeah one of my oldest students is 65 years old he's had a broken back a crushed sternum and he can still fire off medusa like nothing so how does that just i'm curious about the actual mechanics of that if if you're particularly frail or you've got some mobility challenges like how do you go about shocking and latching which for those of you listening who are not sure what that means you're basically firing off a disruptive technique that causes pain and discomfort or disorientation and then you're grabbing onto them so that you're, you've kind of created a secure link with them to hold them in place while you do terrible things to their organs with your tool um well, that did not sound right, but you know. So, shock, like, shock is more than just just uh, pain. It, it it has to cause an injury. Okay, mm -hmm. so I want to be clear clear on that. It's not about you know getting an eye poke in there. He reacts, and then you do something. You you got to you know rake the eyes, and you tear something open. If you hit to the throat with with uh, uh, a yoke or something like that, he's got to be gagging and choking. You have to cause an injury first. Okay. All easy things to do. Anybody can do it. So even somebody who's uh, elderly or has some other mobility challenges, there's a fellow on YouTube and or on uh, Facebook and Instagram who I've seen, um, really cool guy. He does knife techniques, but he's in a wheelchair. Would he be able to do this system? Sure, absolutely. There's a couple modifications, but sure. As long as he stays within the triangle of shot class and stab, he'll be fine. You know. The guy might pull him out of his chair, but as long as he's latched to him and he keeps running that knife, it'll work for him. Cool. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me. This is the first interview that I've done on the podcast with like other people. Um, is there Are there any thoughts, each of you, that you'd like to leave us with before we close this out? 
Um, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So I just want to reference an earlier episode of yours. You know, does it really matter having a black belt? I want people to really think about that. You can learn as much from some guy off the street as you will a tier one operator. You just need to find out what works for you and train it. Yeah, I, I, think that's... I will say, you know, if if you need a black belt to be able to defend yourself like four years from now, you better hope that nothing happens to you until then. Okay? Mm -hmm. You know, how long should it take somebody to learn how to use a knife? In Medusa, we can do it in two hours, and I guarantee we can give you more confidence in using a knife than a year anywhere else. Absolutely guarantee it. And and you would say that that confidence translates into those times when you don't have a knife? If, if, if you didn't have a knife, as long as you stayed, like, like Jason said, we're developing an, an unarmed component to Medusa. It's called Venom. Okay? So Venom is still a little bit way out. We're not really happy right yet with it to, to release it. Okay? But it stays within that framework. If you didn't have a knife, right? Well, you should have something on you anyway all the time, whether it's a pen, something. You should have something. But if you didn't, it's if you, like Jason said, if you shock, you latch, and you strike, and you keep hitting over and over again, it's over. He's finished. All right? There's nothing complicated about it. You know, you look at, like, I'll, I'll just bring up Piper, for instance. This, this shimmering motion. What... What does it do? It does nothing. You all right? The the tumbling movement. What well, it does nothing. You have to think when to put those in. They don't just happen on the fly, right? You have to think when to put those in. The same with an eye pluck. The same with a face edge. You have to think about those techniques, all right? You can't be playing chess at a hundred miles an hour. You can't be. And when you have so many different techniques, yeah, Hicks law comes into play. Absolutely. Um, you know, it has to be intuitive. Medusa is intuitive. Where does the name come from? So, Medusa at one time, the actual the, the character Medusa, she was beautiful at one time. The beautiful part is in the simplicity of the system. The ugly is in the aftermath of a, what a real knife encounter looks like. It's horrific. Uh, the, the Brisbane one, will do right there, horrific, terrible. That's that's a really good explanation. Yep. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I'm really happy to have had you, and I hope that this uh, I hope this podcast helps other people to understand the system and lets them know why and how they should reach out. Absolutely, you can reach out to me at uh, Medusa Edge Weapon System on Instagram. My phone number's on there. Call me anytime. And, and Jason, uh, you gave us your contact information on Instagram. I'm going to put your Instagram accounts in the description of the podcast as well. Thank you. Thank you, Phil. All right, gentlemen. Well, I'm going to uh, close this out. Uh, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Martial Arts Podcast. I have been your host, Phil Elmore, uh, Mike and Jason. We're Mike and Jason. Until next time, pretend I said something cool here. This has been the Martial Arts Podcast with Phil Elmore. Visit us online at linktree slash Elmore.